When it comes to commercial snow removal, look to Tovar Snow Professionals. With the largest snow and ice management fleet in the Midwest, Tovar delivers top-notch commercial sidewalk and parking lot clearing services, even in winter's worst weather conditions. With their 24-hour live office staff, certified meteorologists, and personal service, they are leaders in professional snow removal. To get a free estimate for snow removal on your site, go to baseball.tovarsnow.com or call 844-GO-TOVAR. That number again is 844-GO-TOVAR. Tovar Snow Professionals, Chicago's snow plowing Leader. Tovar is an equal opportunity employer. We're Cubs fans helping Cubs fans at Stewart's Cubs Cave Parties. Everybody's in for giving back to those in need. We're going to Club 400. Club 400. We're going to Club 400. Club 400. We're going to Club 400. Dewey D. Dust off the cobwebs. Less than two weeks. Our first party in a long time. Can you believe it? I'm happy that it's going to be here. It's been a challenge, but uh, as you all know, I don't know. This is our first time back in the basement for a while because we've been doing live shows. Uh, Live on the road. And they're just not the same at all because you're trying to... You know, have you ever been to a sports bar and you see people talk? No one cares that you're there. Even wants to hear. Oh, I gotta. We'll have to talk a little bit more about our trip to Muscatine. But I gotta admit, I thought people were listening pretty good at yeah. that last one. That was that was a good one. I mean, you know, I understand it too. When I go to a bar, especially the people that aren't there for specifically right. what's going on, they don't want to like hear like that the song. people at the bar at the last. So, so um, the la- yeah, the last podcast was probably me yelling a lot, basically. That might have been, yeah. but it was good. But we had fun, and uh, it's a great little town, wasn't it, William? It was a great little town, and you know what? We really got the firsthand tour of who we're doing this for and why we're doing this party. Yeah, we rolled into town after, by the way, William got us lost on the way down there. Not going to lie, he got us turned in the wrong direction. However, we did not run out of gas. We did not run out of gas. <laughs> or toilet paper. And we stopped for lunch. A successful and, um Wow, yeah. that was a cluster. Yeah, so anyway, we had a good time. Uh, we ch- uh, Nicole got us a great room at the Merrill down uh, there, which is right on the water. Beautiful place. I'll be going back there again. Oh, me too. I want to go. I didn't get the chance to go to the pool, but you know what? The girls left us vodka, a gift bag, popcorn, uh, Red Bull. I they think, must. They, they did their homework on us. I think you still have mine. You know, uh, actually, Lisa and Lauren. Um, they ate my popcorn. Well, no, well, Lauren and my mom uh, came down, and Lauren opened up. Our, we opened up our door the next morning, and she goes, "What'd you say, William?" This smells like a boys' room. Yeah. So then I asked her. I don't think I ever told you this, William. I asked her later. I'm like, "What does a boys' room you yeah, smell like?" What does that smell like? And she goes, "Tito's vodka, Dad." Really? <laughs> which, we were we which were thinking was Tito's maybe, vodka was actually in there and cracked. So we were think it was cracked. Yeah, I had a couple cocktails. Oh, cracked open. Yeah, right. oh, okay, the Tito's, I thought the yeah. bottle was cracked. Um, we were thinking that she was referring to something else with the smells like a boy. Yeah, exactly. Well, so. that was nice because we, uh, you know, Nicole went on a road with us. I think she she's not here tonight, um, but she gave us pretty good reviews for behaving that night. Yeah, she was. Uh, she definitely makes the whole operation look better. I mean, she totally does uh, baptism by fire with her. 
I mean, honestly, she's taking phone calls. Her husband probably hates me. His name's Ryan. But I was like, man, you know, we've never attacked an event so fast and so hard and so quick. And uh, there's just so much to it, especially if you want to do it right. Like, we haven't done a real Club 400 party in a while. And this one will be a real Club 400 party. I promise you that. And with Ryan Dempster coming, we know that we have a great guest. And I always said the parties uh, with the great guests are the ones that are the most memorable. And, um, you know, I just want to urge all you guys. We're going to go on a big-time ticket push this week because the beautiful thing about it is is that if you buy a ticket or one of your friend buys a ticket, every ticket that we sell from this point until next Friday – all that money goes straight to the family. So it's very important to me and, and Nicole and you and anybody that puts this party together. I mean, we worked really hard. We really have. And we're going to give you four hours of a really good time. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows we will have COVID protocols in place. Obviously, um, you will be able to come to this event. Uh, let's pray for good weather, Okay. Uh, if the weather is halfway decent and it's not pouring out, you will be able to come here and feel safe. Uh, we have it pretty much marked a plan that you, well, actually anybody who bought a ticket, uh, next Monday will receive pretty much all the information via email about next Friday night and a, a rough schedule and where to park and our COVID things we do have in place. And, uh, it's going to be all spelled out. So when you come out here, you don't have any questions. Uh, and if you've been to a Club 400 event before, you pretty much know. If you open, you know, we do all this stuff, William, and no one reads it, you know. Right. But it's very important you read it. It's there for a reason. And uh, I have to write it this I have to write it this week. And my goal is to get it out by Monday because we want to really work on ticket sales uh, for the next three or four days. And, uh, I mean, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a Club 400 classic, right, William? It is, and there's several reasons why. Again, one is the cause that is being done for. Uh, two is our partners from Iowa who will be up here helping us out. They're unbelievable people, as we met when we were down there. Three, it'll be Nicole's first party. Right. Four, Ryan Dempster. Can't wait to see him. Five, it's not going to be – this is the beauty of it. Sometimes the parties are, like, so big that – you know, it's almost unruly. This one's not going to be that. This is going to be like a manageable number of people. Yeah, I mean, if you if anybody went to the Mark Grace party, that's kind of what you're going to get at this one. It's not going to be too big, and uh, I think it's going to be the because we first of all with everything that's going on, I didn't want to do a big one anyways uh, for our first one back. But this one's been challenging enough because of the timeline of uh, just of having to get stuff done. But. Uh, yeah, we need you guys to share this. If you have anybody that, you know, you know, we can easily sell 10 or 20 of these to a company, you know, and they can we can give them a table. Uh, you know, if you think of anybody, you know, if someone wants to buy them all out, we'll work a deal out too. Uh, the main thing is really is just to gain, gain, gain as much money as we possibly can. Yeah, and if you don't know the story, we're not going to tell it again tonight, but go back and listen to the last couple podcasts we've told the story about Riker Cologne many a time. Um, by the way, shout out to Jackson, Nicole's son. Yeah. Who put together another phenomenal video for us. That's two now that he put together. He's our new he's, video Yeah, guy. he's awesome. He put together quick, too. 
So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be it's gonna be great to see everyone, of course. Um, and the Jersey and, girls are in the house. Oh, yeah, we never had him them out here before. They're gonna make this place look and better. All the pressure's off you and I. I know. We don't have to have a mic. You, I'm sure at one point or another, you'll have a mic in your hand. But you, you know what? You know, we don't need to. No, not really. I kind of want I mean, I'm going to say something at the beginning when we have Ryan Dempster come up oh, there. Oh, I'm sure you'll say something at the end, too. Oh, I'm sure I will. I mean, you know. <laughs> or, or sing Anybody something. Anybody who knows me knows me. Yeah. There yep. ain't no party like a club for hard party because the club for hard party don't stop. I said hit the shit. Okay. Jesus. But yeah, I mean, um, man, I was just. I'm excited for the party, and then what? Then at the week week later, we got to go. Danny Rockets and the Crowley Clubhouse. We gotta go. I mean, it's not like, I mean, if things. If I wish I knew before, right? Right. Uh, and I'm excited about. It, don't get me wrong, but we'll be just coming off this. I know. And then then we go to that. It's going to be interesting because when is the last time you went to a game on the road that was so meaningless? You know, right? I mean, we can just we can rip it up. We can actually show those people Club Four Hundred, Wrigley. We everybody should. in yeah. Milwaukee. We can show them. How I to mean, party. we're gonna have a hundred people out there, just so you know. Tickets are pretty much sold out. Uh, we're gonna have a big designated parking area. We're gonna cook brats, hamburgers, hot dogs, serve Club Four Hundred cold lager through a keg, and also have. Other types of beers, seltzers, and soft drinks and water, and gonna have a blast before a one. I think it's like one twenty, or it's not one twenty, but one ten start at Brewer Stadium, not Brewer Stadium, whatever they call it. Uh, Amfam, yeah, Amfam, the Amfam, Giannis's the home of Giannis. He's part owner now, Giannis. So anything else? What about Joe? He's gonna be running the show that night. Joe Kilgallen. Joe, can't wait to see him again. It's been a long time since we rocked and rolled. Yeah, so share the link. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Come on out. We're going to have a blast. And by the way, if you you. can't make it, there's always room for donations. Feel free to send a donation. Uh, You might even have a chance to win a prize if you send a donation. Maybe. www.club400cubs.com is the website. That's where you can go to our event page and see the Ryan Dempster event. And there's also a donate tab on there. So up until the end of the event, all money will go to the clone family. And, uh, man, yeah, we this party's been unbelievable, William, because we've had a lot of people um, who helped us get this party paid for, including our number one sponsor, Tovar. They're the grand sponsor. And, uh, I mean, they've done so much for us. Uh, they uh, literally step up to the plate every time we've ever asked them. And when they step up to the plate, sometimes, you know, Eric Hartman might hit a triple off the outfield wall, maybe call it a home run, maybe well, because the outfielder missed it. Yeah. He might have won the game. I don't remember. <laughs> he might have. <laughs> I don't remember. I, got a, I do have a funny. I know uh, he talks Tovar. about it all the time. I have a funny Tovar Eric Hartman story. Oh, you do? So the other night I did the Huntley High School football game. Is Eric Tovar coming to the party? Eric I call Tovar. Him, I call him Eric Tovar. <laughs> Eric Tovar. Is Hartman know. coming to the party? That I do not know. I mean, he's like a man of mystery. He's not going to tell has you. Has not been confirmed yet. It's like he sold his house out here. He's living in Effingham, I, and I, I don't I bet ever be, hear from him. Anymore. I will bet there will be a Hartman here, one way or the other. I bet there's a Hartman that shows up, but whether it's him or not, who knows? And, and uh, Mike Gomel, before I uh, move on, before yeah. I forget this, because I didn't write it down, and I just thought of it. He was here today. And he dropped off a, night, a 2016 autograph collection that we're going to use for the Cologne family. 
And honestly, guys, I think we need to do something outside of the party with it. Mm. It has a lot of pieces um, from a lot of the members of the two. And I'm going to add some additional pieces to it to really make it like a really cool set for a Cub fan who doesn't have some of that stuff. And we got Rizzo bats and we got jerseys. We got balls. We got all kinds of cool stuff. Very cool. So thanks to Mike Joey's song, which his event is coming up in January. We're looking forward to that. We're sponsors of his event, as he is of ours. We always appreciate Mike. He's an awesome guy. Speaking of Mike, Mike McCarthy, I haven't seen him in a while. I saw he bought a ticket the other day. Looking forward to seeing you too, Mike. Speaking of Mike. And I, be, I do want to say. Uh, Stu on the mic. Like there's a, when you're doing like events, there's always drama behind the events. And that, I mean, it's, when I say drama, I'm not saying bad things, but. There's, you know, there's things that happen. Uh, and on this event, there's been a, a couple things that have happened. But m- the one I really want to point out is, a, is a, tr- a tragic incident that happened with one of our helpers um, who was really, um, I only met, like, when we went to Muscatine. But Ashley Loveless lost her daughter-in-law, Abby, in an RV accident over the weekend. And she had to step out of the event for obvious reasons. Our hearts and prayers and thoughts go out uh, to her entire family. And, um, I mean, it's a terrible, tragic, tragic incident. And, uh, I mean, William, what about all the girls from Muscatine, huh? Well, let's first start with Ashley. She's the one who works at Discover Muscatine, which is a TV show right. and a newspaper. And uh, that was the first time you and I have done a podcast well, on a TV show as it's well. Like, they you know, I was thinking, and I, w- I wanted to say, like, last night we had a meeting as I was on a rooftop uh, listening to Maroon 5 in the background. I, I, I wanted to say this, and I didn't, but, man, I wish every, like, town had a, a small group of girls like this, you know? Yeah, you got Ashley, who's doing you know, a show that, you know, represents the best of Muscatine, and they do, you know, uh, Citizens of the Month, and... And, you, and they got all three of those, all four of them, they, they want to help people. And they want to make that a nice community. And God bless them for doing it. And, like, I told them last night, I said, hey, when we're done with this event, you know, it doesn't mean we can't work on stuff together because uh, those guys all have the same heart and, and commitment as, I, you know, me and William does, as does Nicole, and has all you guys. Like, I mean, the Club 400 people, the members, uh, step up to the plate in a lot of different ways. Uh the Club 400 Elite uh, raised over 1300 bucks, and um, and they, you know to pay for the pizza, which then we got the pizza donated, so that can go in other places. So the bottom line is, uh, yeah, we basically paid for this party because of all the people that helped out, and uh, we're expecting to do big numbers. Uh, I promise thir- at least $30,000. I'm very confident we'll reach that. I'm pretty sure we'll exceed it, um, but I'm, it's just going to be a blast, and if I can ask you guys one more time, just share that link, get the word out, tell them that you've been to a party. Word of mouth is the best thing out there. And let's sell this sucker out and let's give them a check for 30 some thousand dollars that night. I'm looking forward to that very, very much. So, William, we're going to transition. Is that the way to transition? Yeah, it's a great transition. I mean, why don't transition. you take a sip of that drink right there? That's a fantastic transition, Stu. That's tell, a, tell the people you're going to do it, that's and the then re- do it. That's the red, white, and the blue with the little bit of vodka in it. It's um, very American. When I say the red, white, the blue, it's basically a seltzer that's out there. Mm-hmm. Put a little vodka kick in it. Very, it's awesome. Very American. So I was thinking, like, I, I, I was thinking about tell, uh, telling this story. So first of all, 
to my friends, to my Club 400 fr- family, I am probably, I want to apologize to all you guys because, like, I have not been answering my phone very much. I have not been getting back to people. I have not been texting people back. It has been, like, the craziest month ever. It has been. Um, just with everything, probably do, probably biting off a little bit more than I can chew. But at the same time, you know, uh, we had a quick deadline to get this party done and get some uh, help to the clone family. It had to be done, but... Little did I know I'd have some other issues going on myself. But, uh, yeah, we closed on the condo finally, William. Club 400 Wrigleyville. Yeah, and uh, I got to tell you the story about it because, you know, we were, I was talking to somebody the other day. Like, anything you do right now, I don't care what it is, it's not easy. You know, everything's more difficult. And I think that's because, like, you know, maybe, you know, everybody's working from different offices and whatever else, but... Nothing's easy. Everything is more difficult. Yeah. Ordering a pizza is more difficult. Right. And it's just, uh, so I, my uh, closing got moved three times. So I was going, I'm going to try, I'm going to tell this story. I was like, I'm going to tell this story tonight on the podcast because I, I have to explain myself because some people are going to be like, what the hell? You, what a redneck he is going to see Kid Rock in Texas. Hey. <laughs> so uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I'm a big Kid Rock fan. Always have been. Um, and Why is your neck getting red now as you say that? Well, I was just thinking about the good old days. I met Kid Rock, and this kind of goes into the condo story, and that's why I wanted to tell it. So when I, uh, I graduated Northern Illinois University, and I moved in with uh, my two good friends, Mike Cerati and John Hansen, and it was a dream come true to live, you know, five, six blocks away from Wrigley. You know, I got there without a job, uh, without a pure vision of what I wanted to do, Pretty much broke as a joke, William. And at that point in time, uh, my dad wasn't a part of my life, so I was getting no help from anybody. I was just on my own. Uh, but my mom, she always has been with me the whole entire time. And she was not talking to my dad either. So one night she came up, and we both uh, went looking for jobs. And we, me and her went downtown Chicago looking for jobs. And we had a total, she can verify this story with you. Had a total of $6 in our pocket. We were sharing Cokes, literally. I, I put that on there. And uh, went back that night, and, you know, crazy enough as it sounds, the apartment burned down to a crisp and basically sent me back to uh, McHenry, Illinois, which then sent me back to Marengo. Has, I had my first job out there, and I never quite got back. But during my time in Chicago, I worked at the Cubby Bear, and I got to meet Kid Rock uh, backstage with Joe C. And um, I partied with him. I said, hey, Kid Rock. I said, uh, you know, if you want to come over to my place after, you know, the show, you're more than welcome. So we go back to my place. It's, someone, one, it's one o'clock in the morning. William. Someone stole a shoe. Yeah. There's a top dog trailer pulling right up front and Kid Rock and Uncle Cracker walk into my house. And we party all night long. So uh, we wake up the next morning. I'll never forget. My girlfriend wakes up next to me, and she goes, oh, my gosh, I could have, you know, banged Kid Rock. That was pre-Pamela Anderson, dude. Mm. And uh, I'm thinking she probably should have nowadays. Uh, But (laughs) I did ask her down the line if she regrets it, and she doesn't really. She never even thought about it. Mm. But uh, so we woke up the next day. Bob's getting ready to leave. Um, Can't find his shoe. 
He's like, I got paid $1,500 from Cubby Bear last night. It was in my pocket, but someone stole, stole my shoe. And I'm like, no one stole your shoe, Bob. It's around here somewhere. So we're looking everywhere. We're pulling up the couches. We're moving everything around, looking for the shoe. No shoe. So he actually walks down the um, hallway, and he goes, I went to Chicago, and they stole my shoe. <laughs> and uh, I was like, what the hell? So I ended up going to work the next day. And I had some Cubby Bear guys come over to my house that night. And... Uh, so we're like, dude, that was awesome. That was a great time. That guy's going to be huge one day. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, what happened after we left? I'm like, I don't know, dude. I pretty much passed out. But uh, he's like, yeah, it was just only one weird thing happened. He's like, what's that? He goes, well, we woke up. We couldn't find a shoe. Like, Kid Rock left without a, sh- a shoe. He, he was wearing one shoe, which I was always wondering, why was he wearing one shoe? I probably would have just took the shoe off. But And uh, the guy goes, I took it. Just like stone face, look at me right away, not even hesitating, I took it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. I'm like, why the hell would you take Kid Rock's shoe? And he goes, because he's going to be a star one day. Have you ever tried to get that shoe back? No, it was probably a Converse All-Star back then. That was like early, back it was 1997, man. That could actually be a nice place, like on the mantle at Club 400 Wrigleyville. Could you imagine having Kid Rock's shoe? Pretty cl- yeah. So uh, you know what? I got to know Bob Ritchie. He ended up playing at my buddy's uh, fraternity house in Purdue, Illinois, and uh, you know saw Bada Ba with him. His first music video before it ever came out. Uh, yeah, before he hit it big and before he went to country, I was pretty good friends with him. So, anyways, I uh, over COVID, he had his fiftieth birthday, and he basically said, "Hey, everybody, I am pretty much this is my last tour being Kid Rock." He's like, my body's breaking down. I can't do it anymore. So if you want to come see me, um, you know, what, come in the next year. So he had a set of four shows down at Billy Bob's. And uh, I was going to go see my neighbor, Chris. And he played the two the week before. And then uh, so this goes into my closing. So they moved my closing three or four different times. So I finally, uh, th- they tell me my closing is going to be on a Thursday. So I have to move my trip. Uh, from Texas from Thursday to Friday. Kid Rock concerts on Friday. I'm okay with that, whatever. So it's 10 o'clock. I'm supposed to be closing at 1. I don't even know where I'm going. I don't know how much I owe. And basically, I call Chase, and I'm like, hey, where am I going, and how much do I have to have a check for? He's like, we'll call you in five minutes. They do call me in five minutes, and I said, all right, you're going to Palatine, and this is how much you owe. Actually, it was Naperville. So I drove all the way out to Naperville, got in the office, walk in, and I say, hey, what's up, guys? I'm here for the 1 o'clock closing. And they're like, hey, there's no closing here at 1 o'clock. Are you kidding me? So I basically called Chase up, and they said, hold on a second. Let's figure this out. Settle down. I was a little mad. wasn't, like, crazy mad. Uh, Sat down. My brother texted me about the Kid Rock show. Canceled. Like, Jesus. By the way, Kid Rock's whole... Entire band, supposedly besides him, got COVID. I don't know if it was from the concert the week before, but they were all crazy vaccinated. It was crazy. He's like so mad because everybody got COVID. But Texas is is uh, going crazy out there. I'm glad I didn't end up going, especially with this event coming up. So, anyways, where was my where was I going there? What? You were talking about how crazy your week was and oh yeah, how so stuff moved oh, yeah, around. so yeah, so I'm sitting on the couch saying, okay, now I'm not going to Texas. I don't even know if I'm going to close. I sit there for like 15 more minutes. They 
they bring me in the room. They say, we're going to close, which took like an hour and a half. And then I knew the answer to this question. Like, where's the keys? Um, the keys are in Chicago on LaSalle Street in the financial district. Oh, man, I knew that was going to happen. Well, can you please, like, uh, send them, like, FedEx or UPS or messenger service? No, sir, you're going to have to go down there. Dude, it was the most, like, depressing closing ever. I uh, had to go down to Chicago the next day and chase my keys down. Dude, I went down to Chicago. I, here, This is funny. I was bringing, I had two paintings, Dan St. Clair paintings. I kind of got diarrhea in the mouth tonight, William, but That's I did, right. did want to tell, tell these stories. So I'm going down there. So my closing on Thursday was like the most depressing closing ever. I mean, just a lot of different reasons. But, you know, I don't have keys. I just brought a whole lot of money. And now I have to go to Chicago the next day to grab them. So it was like, I'm just going home, you know. So I, I so Friday, I'm like, I got to go get the keys, you know. So I, I packed up some really nice Dan St. Clair paintings in the in the back seat. I told Lisa to drive um her my truck to school and i'll take her so i can get it in the, in the, some of these parking garages in chicago so we had it all set up so i do i park i park where i think i should park and you know have you ever used the Waze app mm-hmm. i i was using it like whenever you switch to walking it screws you up you know okay so i was pushing me around in different ways and i'm like all of a sudden i'm like worried i'm like shit i'm like i gotta get back to that car as soon as possible it's gonna those paints could like melt a little bit you know so uh, I got turned around. It took me about 10 minutes to get where I was going. I finally found it, and I go, holy shit. I don't have a mask, you know. I don't have a mask. All right, who cares? You got to go in there. Just try. So I walked in there, and it was like, yeah, it was like I walked in with a Uzi machine gun, man. Hey, step I'm, back. <laughs> I'm robbing the bank. You don't have a mask on. They're like totally yelling at me. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, all right. I thought that didn't start till Monday, I said. And he's like, <laughs> no, I said, so I said. I was like, all right, do you have a mask back there? They're like, no, but you got to get the hell out of here. And I'm like, so I, I was already turned around a little bit from going down there. Like, went. Went the wrong way a few times. So then I'm like, okay, no big deal. Everybody's selling masks. But we're in the heart of the financial district. There's not a lot of places. So I'm like, and I'm thinking right now my painting's melting in the back of my head. You know, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I need a mask. So I'm like standing on the corner of the street begging people, do you have a mask? I'll I'll give you a dollar for a mask. (laughs) Thinking, this is so fucked up. It doesn't matter, anything. I'll tell you anything. So I go across. I'm like, okay, I got to go where there's something because there's nothing where I'm at except for, you know, the financial district. If you've been down there, you know what I'm talking about. So I see this, like, little donut shop or, like, I'm like, I'm going to go in there. And I was like, dude, it was like I was holding up the place. I walk in there. I'm like, hey, everybody. I need a mask. Does anybody have a mask? And they like looked at me like I was fucking crazy, William. And they're like, what the hell is wrong with that guy? And I'm like, I didn't really care because I'm like thinking my paintings are melting. I need my keys, you know. Right, you gotta go. <laughs> and like no one had an extra mask. And finally, this young guy, he like I was like walking. I'm like, okay, guys, thank you very much. Have a nice day. I was just like making total ass on myself, you know. So I'm walking out the door, and this guy comes up, and he's like, Stu. Uh, he didn't say Stu. He said, hey, buddy. Stu. <laughs> he said, buddy, I got, uh, how about you want to take my mask? And I said, I looked at him, and I'm like, sure, dude. I'll be making out with you in five minutes. So he gave me his mask. He's like, I got some extras in the car, and I walk over, get it back, go back in. They're like, oh, here he comes in with the mask. Uh, he's good to go now. And uh, yeah, I end up getting the keys, and the woman's like, you were supposed to be here yesterday. I'm like, yeah, no shit, you know. So then, yeah, then I ended up going down to Chicago, down to the condo, 
and brought a few items in. Locked myself out, by the way. I had to wait for another 45 minutes to get back in. Just a hell of a nice day. But uh, anyways, uh, I'm just glad we, uh, you know, it's, it's a, you know, I was the dream that came true. I'm glad we closed. Now we concentrate back on the party. And speaking of the party, William. I mean, yeah, do we have a guest? I think we do have a guest tonight. We're going to turn this show right around right now. Let's give him a call right now. The main man. Oh, man. And I feel bad, too, because we stiffed him when we were out in uh, Muscatine. But yeah, we did. We'll make up for it tonight, though. If he answers, you think he'll answer? I think he's going to answer. I'm pretty sure he is. I put what's going on, guys. There he is. is Ray Bone, Ray Burst. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing wonderful, man. Just working. We're only a week and a half late with this call. We tried to get well, you from well, Muscatine, but, you know. Better late than never. You, the effort was there. <laughs> That's it right. Just, uh, modern technology didn't work for us then. I thought it was William's preparation more like it. It was not my preparation. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, I, well, have to tell you I, the, I have to tell you the best part of that trip was on yes, the way sir. home when we talked to you, and then we got to play that music list basically that you set up for us on the ride home ah did you did you what did you think about the music list? i thought it was fantastic yes i know that nicole is really really perplexed as to which song to pick but she's doing her homework how can she be perplexed (laughs) because there's so many good songs absolutely that's what makes it unique i know it's 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 a tricky pick no, you let your spirit pick it. I, that's what I said. I said that same thing to her, right? That you—that's what you told us when you were giving us the song yeah. names. Yeah, there's a there's a technique. There's there's a style to it, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, Ray Burris. In case you're not sure who we're talking to here, I mean, if you don't know who we're talking to, then you definitely. If you don't know who you're talking to, you you can come here September 10th to meet him because, I mean, William, you know how important it was for me Absolutely. to have him here. First Absolutely. party back, and Ray, we're you're a part of the family, as I told everybody on the podcast before. You're just, you know, absolutely. When Ray well, can be here, when he can be here, because sometimes he's going to have other commitments. But I want him right. here all the way to a one million dollar party until right. he's singing on the stage. There you go. <laughs> that's all, that, that's our goal, my friend. And good afternoon to all the ladies and gentlemen who have tuned in to the podcast. So Ray, you you've always come out and went to the parties, and you know. You've been there like three or four of them. Uh, t- tell us what, 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 you know, what made you feel like, man, I want to stick with these guys. These guys are a good time. And, uh, you know, what, 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 what attracted us guys, us to you guys? Well, the thing that, that stood out for me, Stu, was uh, your heart, your family's heart, and the heart that you had going toward the goal that you were trying to accomplish. And that's helping people. Uh, I'm a people person. And, I know a good heart when I see a good heart. And that's what stuck with me. Not only that, uh, the good hearts that follow you uh, and what you do for the community and for people in life. Uh, we just don't have enough stews on this planet. There could be more. and uh, But I'm happy to be a part of your organization and what you stand for. You stand for something. And that's always been a standard of mine. Uh, people that stand for something and believe in what they're doing, uh, not only being an avid baseball fan and an avid cup fan, but an avid people fan. And that's hard to find nowadays. It really is. It's always, um, what can you do for me? What have you done for me? Uh, can you do this for me? Well, you do it with unconditional love and, 
And for me, that's golden. You can't put a, a, a price on that. That's priceless. So, you know, and not only to you and your family, but to the fans, uh, the people that come to your events, uh, I, I feel that energy. I feel that love. I feel that compassion. And for me, that's, that's a game changer, my friend. Wow, man. That means the world to me that you said that. And the feelings mutual with me to you. I mean, you know, I've never asked anybody in my entire life to be a mentor of mine, you know, but I did ask Ray to be a mentor of mine because I think I can learn a lot from Ray. And, um, you know, we have a lot of players that have come and gone, but then there's somebody like Ray who, you know, who gets it, sees it. And then you realize, you know, you get to bring someone like him into your family that you just, now you got a new friend, a new brother for life, you know? And I mean, honestly, I mean, what we're doing as far as making money, that's, great for different charities but the relationships that we've made yeah. along the way with people are, are priceless you know priceless absolutely and Thank ray you. was in the inaugural class of hall of famers in the people hall of fame he's in the first class definitely he is first class in the first class <laughs> by the way <laughs> yeah it just i mean he's just you know i we, me and ray, ray is good at, he you know we talk we text each other and uh yeah, Ray, I'm looking forward to the, I'm looking forward to the voyage. You know, uh, all the fun times we're going to have going forward. He's going to join us September uh, 18th. We'll be here yeah. the 10th, of course, and we'll be here the 18th for the Milwaukee game. Yes. And Ray, when's the last time you actually uh, went to a baseball game and just sat in the stands and watched a ball game? It's been a while. And uh, well, as and a fan, where you're drinking beer, where you're not on the clock, you know. As as a fan, I was not drinking beer, but I sure was eating good. Uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, the last time I went and sit and watched the game was in March of this year in spring training. The last Major League Baseball game I have went to um, would have to be 2012. Wow. At the, wow. At the, World, at the World Series when I was with the Tigers. It was 2012 when we were in the World Series against the Giants. And that was in Detroit. That's crazy. That's the last time I've been to a major league baseball game and sit in the stand. Wow. So, yeah, yep. we're going to hang out with Ray on September 18th. Uh, that's going to be yeah. great. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because uh, it will be my first time being in a new ballpark in Milwaukee. Mm. Wrigley North. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 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 The last time we were there, uh, Ray, me and William got food poisoning. Stay away from the chicken wings in the left field uh for old Friday's bar, okay? <laughs> okay, hey, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna fill up with the tailgate. Party. Exactly. That's, that's there the you way go. go. That's a, so I, Ray, I, I, you know, the, the, we have this unique time now to talk to you, but uh, and uh, you know, that's the one thing about Ray when uh, you see him at the party, very approachable. You know, uh, just he's you know just jumps in any conversation. You know, and uh, but tell us right now, Ray. You're you're like that's one thing I know about Ray. He just he's he's keeping busy all the time. He can't sit still. Tell tell <laughs> us uh, tell us what you're doing now, Ray. Uh, what, what's keeping you busy and what's keeping you motivated and what's keeping you going? Well, what's keeping me busy right now is that I'm doing. Uh, I'm back in in Florida, so I work for a organization called EI <clears throat> Extra Innings, and they have four travel ball teams, and I'm the pitching coordinator for those teams. So I work with the individuals on pitching, uh, learning how to pitch, what it takes to be uh, a pitcher, uh, what does that position demand of you and 
things you got to know. So I'm developing in that regard. Then when I leave and go out of town, I have several organizations that I do the same thing for. Um, uh, Process Driven Baseball uh, Academy in Prescott, Arizona. Uh, uh, Red Raider uh, uh, Academy in uh, Huntley, Illinois. Uh, Tease Academy in Lombard, Illinois. Um, uh, Red River, Red Raider organization down in Bradenton, Florida. Uh, so uh, those are things I do in regard to individual teaching, uh, one-on-one sessions, team coaches, the whole works. Uh, plus I am the pitching coordinator for the new Appalachian League sponsored by Major League Baseball. That was the inaugural year this year uh, in, the, uh, in four states, Virginia, West Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina. And I travel in the months of June and July to different cities and looked at the teams, worked with the pitchers, with the pitching coaches. Um, so that was fun. Uh, then I do speaking engagements. Uh, I have uh, greetings uh, on Cameo, uh, where you can hire my services to uh, enhance your event uh, by way of personal greetings and stuff like that. Um, and um, that's kind of putting it in a nutshell. Yeah. If you guys, if anybody uh, is interested in having Ray out to come out speech or coach or any of that things, you can contact me or you can contact Brian freeze. I know a lot of you guys know Brian freeze out there. Yeah. I know Brian freeze works close with Ray and yeah. yeah. Um, Ray, I want to ask yeah. you, I, we, we brought you on more about the event, but I, I do uh, as far as just coaching and like bringing up these kids, if, you can give any, you know, we all have kids in Little League right now. If you can give any advice and, like, your number one advice to parents uh, who's maybe getting really involved in baseball and maybe has a, a, a kid that's, you know, ex- is excelling at the top of the league, what would you give that uh, advice to their parent? Well, I, I, I'm going to give this opinion based on me being a parent. And everybody's position is different. I understand that and I get that. But I think the thing that helped me tremendously as a parent when my kids were playing, now they didn't play baseball, they played basketball. I was a fan first, so I enjoyed watching them play. I never offered any advice unless they asked me. Because now if they asked me, that told me that they cared enough to respect my opinion. Now, whether they liked it or not, that's a different ballgame. But they had the courage to ask me. So I never tried to be the influence of them unless I saw it necessary to be. And for me as a parent, I'm going to be a supportive cast. I'm going to be an encouraging cast. I'm going to be a, a parent that's going to be there to show that I'm caring for them and I'm supporting them and I believe in them. I think that goes a long way. I see a lot of coaches that beat up young men and young women for no reason. And as a coach myself, I had to learn the value of hearing. There was times I needed to keep my mouth shut and listen. And Stu, when I, develop that skill in me, I got to really 
know that individual because I listened to what they were saying. And what they were saying meant something to them. And I got to know them quicker. And sometimes I would use a question to get them going in the direction of acquiring the information I needed. That's a skill. Right. And sometimes as a coach, you want to create, you want to solve the problem real quickly. Sometimes that problem is not meant to be solved quickly. There is some learning. There's some growth. There's some development that needs to come out of that. It's no different than when we were young. We knew what parent to go to. We knew who was the, the, the softer parent, and we could uh, fertilize their heart and knew when it was time to ask that question and knew we were going to get that, that answer we were looking for. And we knew the parent that was tough and firm. We didn't go to that parent. You know, I had parents that were like that, but my mom would tell me, go ask your dad. Well, I knew I was, you know, blown out of water when it came to that. <laughs> but you know, I'd go ask, and every now and then he would blow me out of the water and say, yeah, you can go. Um, and so I think my advice as a parent, hear your kids. Hear what they're saying. What they're saying may, may not mean nothing to, to, to us but it means something to them. It really does. It's something that's very, very shattering with them. I had a young man tonight, I was working with him. He has a brother and I was working with him. And as I was talking to him, he was, he was breaking down. He was melting down as though I was penalizing him. And I wasn't, but I recognized that. And I said, let me ask you something. What are you feeling now? And he said, I feel like I'm not able to achieve. And I said, well, what would make you feel that way? I just kept asking questions. I didn't try to solve it. I kept asking questions, getting him to talk, getting him to hear himself, getting him to, to express how he feels and why he's feeling that way and what put him in that position and, and getting information. I think that's where we can be most beneficial. Whether we're a parent, whether we're a coach, whether we're a school teacher, whether we, whatever we are, a concerned adult, ask questions. Yeah. Get them to talk. Get them to say what they feel. <clears throat> and then you get a pretty good handle on what's going on between those ears. And you got to be ready for it because sometimes you may get some stuff you don't want to hear, but you got to be ready for it. And, and go from there. So that's my advice. And, and I hope that is beneficial to the ears that are listening to this. I hope it's helpful. Uh, but for the most part, I want it to be encouraging. I don't want it to be a deterrent because it's not. It's not. We, have, we, all, we all have our place in society. We really do. And that's what I like about Ray. William is like when I when I talk that's why I ask, I asked Ray to be my mentor because when I I don't see Ray all that much I don't hang out with him all that much but when I do when we are in the same room together we're not really wasting time with fluff you know we're talking mm -hmm. about we're talking about important things we're talking about life you know we're talking mm -hmm. about and like there's not like Stu know. and I spend a lot of time on fluff <laughs> <laughs> fluffy pillows <laughs> Fluffy foods, you know. <laughs> I do want to ask you this question. I'm going to put William on the spot now, okay? Okay, here we go. How many years 
Has Ray Burris been in professional baseball right now? Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm talking. Uh, you're coaching everything from know. from the beginning to the end, minor leagues, all that stuff. I'm gonna say it's got to be close to. Uh, see, if I say the wrong thing, then I'm gonna insinuate he's older than he is because he seems like he's about 46. <laughs> no, you just say what you believe, William. <laughs> but I'm gonna say he's got to be getting close to 50 with uh, with everything that's you know gone on with your. Baseball career, your coaching career. What's the answer, William? Fifty. I'm going with fifty. No, you're a little. Un, you're under. Or you're high. But next year will be his fiftieth year. Oh, well, I was close. You know, yeah. I mean, I figured he started. You, close. Close. you know, eighteen. And yeah. you were doing the math there. I was um, trying to run the numbers. Obviously, you can see the smoke coming out of my head. But I want to ask you one last question. We're gonna uh, kill the podcast because we're go- we went late tonight, right? But we we I, we we called you earlier than you called us during the show, and actually we paused it, everybody, and we brought them back in. But uh, okay. uh, what does it mean? My last question is, what does it mean to you to be like, man? I can't believe it. Fifty years of my life I spent doing something that I love. It, it, it's the most prestigious thing. That has happened to me in my life. I've had a lot of good moments during my life. I've had a lot of good moments during in the game of baseball. But to sit here and share with you and your audience that this is next year will be 50 years in the game of baseball, it's hard to fathom because it don't seem like it's been that long. It really doesn't. It is really hard to fathom. And, you know, there's been some ups and downs, but the joy of competing, the joy of representation, the joy of representing, the joy of being a part of a unique fraternity is pretty special in every sense of the word. And you can't put a price on it. I can't describe it. I can only give you an idea of what it means to me. And um, I'm humble, I'm honored, and I'm thankful and grateful or the opportunity to have been in the game this long. I can truly say that I was able to do something right. I'll tell you what. That longevity says it. Sure does. I mean, there's not, I mean, 50 years doing anything. One of the, one, yeah, exactly. No kidding. Living 50 years. (laughs) Exactly. Some of us don't make it. I mean, 50 years in Major League Baseball. One of the things that's so... Um, it's a lot of hot dogs, Ray. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of hot dogs. <laughs> One of the things that's and so pizza. amazing yeah, pizza to me... Pizza slices. Is, it seems like you're... Um, and th- this is actually going to be a topic for another show. I think we should do a, an entire show uh, yeah. on this one topic. It feels to me like, Ray, you've been giving back to the game that gave you so much since you stopped playing. You know, obviously, you you know, you've been giving back. And I would love to talk about sort of the history of that and, like, which players influenced you and what they did for your career and, you know, how they Mm -hmm. were so influential, not just on your career, but just like I was saying before. I mean, to me, you're you're a baseball player, but you're a great person first, you know, baseball player. Exactly. Perfect, perfect thing. That's why I tried to tell everybody at Club 400 here. I said Ray Burris is now like part of the family, you know, because of the because of the person that he is. It's like, yeah, he's a he's Ray Bone first, right? And Cubs then, pitcher second, right? You know? yeah. 
And that's the beautiful thing. Cause Thank you, guys. That's the truth, too, mm-hmm. right? We appreciate you a lot, man. And uh, Appreciate you guys, man. I appreciate you. And we uh, honestly are looking forward to seeing you September 10th. I will call you, Ray, and we're going to get you all booked up and to come out here right. and see you. Uh, first time back in a long time. Going to have a great time. Ryan Dempster in the house. Ray Burris. Uh, we got the Jersey Girls playing. Joe. John Benedict on the uh, organ. Joe Kilgallen. Joe Kilgallen. 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 Yeah. Looking, look, looking, looking forward to it. Everybody come out and let's have a good time. All right. The great Raybone, Ray Burris. Appreciate you, buddy. We will talk soon. Everybody, thanks for joining on the Club 400 podcast. Please pass that link around. Right, Ray? Pass that link around. Buy tickets. We love you, buddy. Pass that link around. Share it. We want to sell out. I want to say we sold out. We're working hard. We want to sell out. Put that 150 bucks down. Everything's going to go to Riker. We're going to give you beer. We're going to give you food. We're going to give you lots of fun. And uh, Club 400 is back, baby. We'll talk to you soon. What the pre-after show is going to be at the McComb Knoll in Wondertuck. Yeah, McComb Lake, buddy. In Wondertucky? Yeah, we're fi- finalizing the date. But it was going to be All Thursday, right. but we're going to Guns N' Roses on Thursday. I don't know if you know that yet, William. No, we're going to Guns N' Roses. All right. And speaking of music, we're going to lead people out. A little tribute song. My favorite drummer of my favorite band all time passed away this past week. This one's for Charlie, not Bill Watts' brother, but Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts.